Senior, senior sound bad is the guy who shows up and ruins the podcast and goes, <laughs> oh, that guy. June 19th, 2013. This is Idle Thumbs 111. I'm Chris Rimo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. <laughs> we did it! Congratulations, guys. We're we... back on another podcast. Yes. Yeah. Welcome back, Sean. Thanks. Happy to be back. How's it going? Not bad. Good. Did you have a sweet E3 experience? <laughs> I didn't go to E3. Oh, you just hung out near it. Yes, I was writing. Yeah, I went to my sister's house. It was good. I went to E3 to have lunch with my old boss from Disney, mm. which was enlightening. They have a crazy thing they're doing called uh, Disney Infinity. That's like oh yeah, their MMO. That's their sort of Skylanders. It's Skylanders, but insane. It's actually pretty cool. It's nuts. They have an internal studio called Avalanche in Utah. Not Avalanche, the one that makes Just Cause, but those guys are really, really, really good. And um, yeah, I didn't play it, but it's like you have. Like a, to- a virtual toy box, and you can make all this crazy sy- systemic shit happen. Oh, Avalanche, the Disney Avalanche, made the Toy Story 3 game, which yes. is actually a really cool game. Which is sort of like laid the groundwork for this thing that's going to be out. Yeah. Hmm. That thing, it was a super structured game, but then it also had like a playtime mode where you could create oh, yeah. worlds and events. That was and everyone, so weird. I remember that. Yeah, everyone was mm-hmm. freaking out about that. I never played it, but. It was a mechanically sound Toy Story game. Yeah. Anyway, I they actually made it. So, side, they actually made another game based on the Chicken Little franchise that is like the crazy superhero that Chicken Little turns into whose name I can't remember. But it was a Wii-only game and you ran around like Ratchet and Clank with the the Wiimote, I mean with the, the nunchuck, but then you shot with the, the Wiimote mm-hmm. and it controlled incredibly. Like no other game had wow. really done that. It had sold... 5,300 copies. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> and this was like a giant, giant failure. Well, at oh least, it's, at least but it's really good. It's actually, they're doing. it's actually really good. Yeah, well, they they had been internal um, at Disney for a while, I think, when that came out. Hmm. That's probably privileged information I just shared right there. Oh, well. Um, that NDA expired. Disney doesn't sue people. I don't think that's true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I met Peter Molyneux. Yeah, we talked for an hour and a half. Wow, for Game Informer, that's was cool. Weird. What is he like? He's. I've met him a couple times, but only in like very glancing situations. I had I had, I had no idea what his candor was gonna be like. He was really nice. He was super yeah. super gracious. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was really good. Uh, it was funny. Like we actually had a rapport. Like it was weird. So you didn't just go deep with pointed questions about like. Like a hard-hitting interview? No, like, he showed up with questions, though. He wanted to know all about everything. He wanted to know all all sorts of stuff about The Walking Dead. It was hmm. really weird. That's cool. Yeah. How many verts are in Lee's face? <laughs> <laughs> we did actually talk about that. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, what? he talked about, like, 
this crazy idea for an alternate, like, the cube game that he has. Oh, I thought you were going to say for an alternate Walking Dead. No! <laughs> Have you considered a dog? <laughs> Funny you should say that. Um, yeah, it was really... It's. I'm sure it's all going to be in this video, unless they're editing it way down, that uh, Game Informer is putting out. But They're just going to cut your half out of the video. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mauling you, just... <laughs> I've got a new idea for a cube. <laughs> but like, there's you know, something about... When you said cube, I actually, my brain already skipped over to the Curiosity game and uh-huh. went straight to his weird, like, seven years ago GDC demo. Remember that, Jake, where the, with the, like, cubes that you draw the and they turn it, yeah, the room and they turn it into chairs and stuff. Yeah, and they, where you made... An Emily Dickinson poem appears on the screen for no reason. Yeah, that was a different thing, though. I know, but that's immediately what I thought of. And I'm like, oh, interesting. He's bringing, <laughs> bringing back that. He's bringing that oh, back. Oh, wait, no. He's... So what The Walking Dead reminded me of is this game where you draw cubes on the ground in the shape of a 3D pixel art chair. It's more a chair like appears. The Walking Dead than Curiosity is, except that you point and click on things. Oh, like these things had, were not related, but we just were talking about our, all, all of our work. Mm. We talked about, like, we compared the first opening, the opening 15 minutes of Walking Dead 101 with the opening 15 minutes of Fables. Hmm. Or fable, excuse me. Yeah, um, it was really fun. Like That's at cool. the end of it, I was like, I think we're friends. You <laughs> ended up in a in a talk with Peter Molyneux. Yeah, famous Vanneman. It was weird. It was really weird. Yeah, That's yeah. why they call you famous. He you did that interview with didn't Peter call me that actually. He no, just but called call, me Sean. You, call, you called him famous Molyneux. Of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's good to meet you. But famous. he talked. About, it also like I hope this thing goes up relatively unedited because it's going to be. I don't know. I thought it was really good. Like just listening to him, he, I lulled him into like a really like wistful place something? or something. I don't know because he was talking about like about how he, he feels like he's more well known than he should be, and he was talking. Oh, he, he, that's yeah. just what he is. He's super unguarded. Just yeah, generally, it was he talks amazing. About that stuff all the time, it was yeah. really, really, really refreshing. Yeah, and uh, he didn't give me any. He didn't like. I tried to like not answer one of his questions once, and he just pounced on me. Oh, really? He just beat me up. <laughs> Yeah, what, what I'll tell you. Got that black eye. It was. Um, he wanted. To, it was. I'm talking about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll never watch this eye. I'll never watch this eye. Good. <laughs> a can fell out of the, the cupboard. It wasn't Molyneux. One of twenty-two cans <laughs> fell out of a cupboard. <laughs> no. What, what were you? What were you dodging that Molyneux made you? He was like, "Where did you come from?" So I was like, oh, I was, what? I, I, can't, I can't, I can't tell him I am. <laughs> no, but I was like, he's, I was like, where, I was like, oh, I told him where I was like, oh, then Hopefully I, you just laughed nervously and then attempted to change. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest, evasive, weirdo. Oh, oh you. Innocuous oh, possible question. <laughs> <laughs> so what about that cube? Oh, Peter, let's talk about goddess. <laughs> um... What, why no, were you... I wasn't evasive. I just kind of like said, oh, this is my life. And he went... No, but, like, where did you learn to write? And I was like, I don't know. And then we talked about The Shining for, like, ten minutes. And I was hmm. like, I was like, what got you into writing? I was like, I read The Shining was in the fourth grade. I remember that was a marquee moment for some reason. I don't know. My dad was always giving me books that didn't, like, fit with my age bracket. And I'm setting my teachers. But that's interesting. So we talked about books all I don't know. It was good. Yeah. Cool dude, though. Goddess is, like, his real, is, like, he's really, he's, he's putting it all out there for Goddess. Do you guys know what that word means? No. <laughs> I mean, like, it sounds like it's a thing that I'm supposed to... G-O-D-U-S? Yeah, it sounds like I'm supposed to understand what that means. Not Is it goddess, like fake like Latin? Lady like, God. No, yeah, no. Hopefully, 
hopefully what it is is uh oh i'm about to take a poo on it no but well now you've already said in your brain you took a poo so the damage has been done you might as well take that poo i'm very worried that what goddess is is some sort of collective us and god like god game made of all of but us just the least artful version like yes you know. i mean like well, you ha- know about like the-, the guy who the guy who opened the last cube yeah gets to like- be goddess he gets to play as refer to him as goddess yeah it, yeah. Sh- it, sh- it shows up as god you for his version of it it's a wii u title <laughs> God, God, you. Yeah, instead of God, us. Right. God, me. And he has. Mm. I mean, I don't. Know. Know. Works that like title's it. probably explained somewhere. But the way that the, um, you know, curiosity. the, the, the yeah, twenty-two yeah. cans thing with curiosity. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. everyone's working together. So if this, if it's called, also it probably just sounds ominous when it's called Goddess. Goddess, but it just, I don't know. It sounds awkward. I thought to it was me. The, like the code name because I thought it was just Project Goddess. But I guess that or. Yeah, you know. It sounds better when he says it with a British accent. I'm sure that that's true. It just sounds like you're just saying. Like a, like a female god yeah. kind of clumsily though it's just yeah mm-hmm. goddess goddess god. I don't know yeah I don't know I'm curious to see what that game actually is it'll be interesting mm-hmm. I think at the very least mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you yeah that Citizen Kane Tumblr blog mm-hmm. did you make that no <laughs> Really? I, w- I wish. Oh, I, so it's funny is I just thought you that was like I looked at that and it stunk of Remo. Yeah. Like it just had the smell no. of Remo all over it. I wish. I wish I, I had. I thought you would secretly make it. It's that. actually astonishing because it's like, you know, I mean, we make fun of the just completely idiotic Citizen Kane of Games trope. And that Tumblr proved it's even more widespread than I even realized. It's yeah. totally crazy. And even in the couple days since that blog appeared, there have been more examples that have been found you on the internet. You can find a lot of Citizen Canes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. A, I I think it's Citizen Kane of Video Games Tumblr.com. We find it so that people don't listen. Did that show up because was there a Last of Us press release or some sort of piece of press? Yeah, release? no, there was the, the big like poster official for the poster, Last of Us, like, the, like the, in the like middle the of it, there's a quote poster, that's yeah. like, "Will may in fact be seen as the Citizen Kane of no! video games." Like, yeah. I Gaming it, has its Citizen Kane moment, I think is what it's I thought it was really ballsy okay. and actually cool that they put out a poster that just was all the 10 out of 10s. Like, I, that didn't bother me. Whatever. If you're going to no. sell your game on critical acclaim, do it. But I think it's safe to say that The Last of Us 2 will be the Citizen Kane 2 of games as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's such a, it's cra- a It feels – it's crazy to me because how are people not in on the joke yet? I know. That's what's so that's funny kind of about it. Yeah. It's like um, – I remember reading something. It's this is one of those little tiny things I read somewhere one time that for some reason stuck in my brain for like years and years and years. And I still think about something, not because it's deeply profound, but just because it was something actually relatively straightforward that I hadn't thought of before. And it was that the New York Times, um, at least you know at the time that I wrote this, and probably like every other publication, they've had to lay off copy editors and stuff. But you know, at one point, ten fifteen years ago, I remember reading that. Part of the editing process when you have a piece published in the New York Times is they have periodically certain words and phrases just get retired as cliches and are Mm -hmm. just – you don't use these anymore. They're dead. Mm -hmm. Like they've just – they are so destroyed Mm -hmm. in language. They're through overuse and and poor usage. Yeah, that they don't convey Mm -hmm. anything truly meaningful anymore and those things like a good editor will strip those out. Mm And will force you to come up with something that actually still has some originality of thought mm-hmm. to it. Or, or, we have that at Telltale. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and um, I remember when I read this, this was the first time that it occurred to me as like an actual institutionalized process as opposed to just 
a thing to look out for individually as a writer. You know, this mm-hmm. was when I was younger and like, and I, I think about that every time I see stuff like that well, it's safe in to video game that writing. Games writing does not have that. Well, right, for sure. And you can tell because, you know, when you talk to other people who in, in games or other people who read a lot of games writing, like well, there's certain you, things that just bl- come up constantly. I wonder if someone was blown away by a game. Right. Visceral. Like there's there's certain things that are just unstoppable. They just happen they they're used so frequently, but to the point where they just they don't mean anything anymore it's so other weird than just this the thing one is that, the one that like I know it's such a convoluted it's, specific. It's you're citing one specific film where, like, I'm blown away. At least, like, it's garbage, but it's right. just a. Phrase it's like the word phrase. "awesome." It's right. you know, it's just it's. <laughs> this is because this is citizen game. because it makes yeah. all what? the other mentions <laughs> yeah. of it totally void. Like right. these are not like mutually exclusive reviews, right? Like once one of them is the Citizen Kane of games, that's got to be it. You got to call it. Could every game be gaming Citizen Kane? God, I, I okay. Think, God, so the the address should, is sorry. The address is the Citizen Kane of Video Games And I, just going to it now, in between going to it now and going to it yesterday, there's even more new examples that the person who runs this blog has put up. In fact, a bunch, including Wired Games Close In on Citizen Kane. Which is <laughs> that's hopefully from like Wired Newsline. Oh, <laughs> like, games cited: Knights of the Old Republic, The Battle for Middle Earth Two, James Bond 007, Everything or Nothing, True Crime, Streets of L.A., Starcraft Ghost, Half Life Two, The Sims Two. Could Starcraft Ghost be gaming Citizen Kane? It Canceled was. and never released. God, yeah. Games Radar, uh, Journey, <laughs> Starcraft Ghost was, was, was Games Rosebud. <laughs> <laughs> Could StarCraft Ghost be Games Man, Rosebud? That was really good. <laughs> Citizen Kane is Gaming's Rosebud? No, Jesus. He said it is StarCraft Ghost. Oh. Citizen Kane is Gaming's Rosebud is way more extreme. <laughs> yeah, because think, of, think, yeah. think about it. Oh. Um, God. <laughs> Final thing. The, the most insane one was one from IGN that uh, th- was just Incredible! This is an article about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater from 2000. <laughs> that game is so good. It is. No, no, it is. That, it, that it was is great, not, might have been great... the Citizen Kane of my high school experience. <laughs> <laughs> me, no, me too. My friends and I played like so much Tony Hawk. I can't even tell you in high school. But anyway, it's just it's just crazy. The eyeball pool in Burnside is eerily realistic. Rock looks like rock. Concrete looks like it would rip you to shreds to bail on and does. It is deep, deep, deep. There is no fog to speak of. Like the cinematic masterpiece Citizen Kane, Tony Hawk's motion picture counterpart, every single shot is set to deep focus and delivers. Okay, here's the thing about that. That's that. That is. I don't know. That's not, that is not a global qualitative judgment. That's actually just saying Tony Hawk technically executes on deep focus the way Citizen Kane executes on deep focus, and that is a valid thing because Tony Hawk is from an era when everything had Z fog to hide mm. its shots. So that's actually so that's actually quality games right now. Who was that? Does, does it give a byline? Uh, Chris Carl. Good work, well done, Chris Carl. Chris Carl. The one and That's only actually good writing, legitimate right? Citizen Kane comparison. Also, it sounds like a weird cyberpunk role-playing game uh, <laughs> description. <laughs> All right. I stand chastised. Yeah, take that. Yeah, I will. Need to go to bat for Mr. God, there's Carl. just so many. There's so many. There's examples. so many and from writers who I really like and respect. <laughs> God, it just keeps Chris going. Chris Ramo. Oh my gosh, that would be the most amazing moment <laughs> if you were out here. I found myself right. in 2005 or something. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that'd be weird. I'm pretty sure I never did that. But yeah, 
that whole thing is super goddamn frustrating, though. Oh yeah, uh, it's beyond. It's if it, no, it's it, things moved past frustrating to now. It's just. It's just comical at this point. Right, it really right. Is. Now it is. Like, just you farce. see one more and it's like, ah, I can't believe it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the question is, are there going to be other, are there other Citizen Kane references in our future? Are they laying out there in the. I think the okay. answer is yes. <laughs> I think we can be quite clear. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could Star Trek Into Darkness be films Citizen Kane? <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it feels like. That exact thing you said is basically what this feels Finally, like every time. Finally, an adventure time. and genre film with strong characters you love to root for. Could it be film <laughs> right. Citizen Kane moment? Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. Yes, it could. But isn't. Oh, it's not. Yeah. I played um, the alpha of Planetary Annihilation, which I feel like kind of gets some of that Citizen Kane vibe going on. <laughs> it was interesting. I don't know anything about that game. Oh, that's that's the game that's from some of the people who worked on Total Annihilation, but they yes. did the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I was super excited about that game and then missed backing it just because mm. it is an RTS in space on a sphere world, right? right. That's yeah, that. That's oh, what it is. Yeah. Is it cool? Yeah, it's it's an alpha. You know, it's it, I mean, it was legit. So alpha. it's called Planetary Annihilation Alpha, just to make sure it sounds like space. It's, <laughs> it's called. And sadly, not. That would be good. Oh. Uh, it says alpha permanently on the screen though inside the game. But no, that's less enticing. Yeah, I know. But um, uh, it's it's cool. It reminded – it actually kind of – it was interesting because it reminded me of the fact that I've never – I haven't really played real-time strategy games at an alpha state before. Like I've played – Well, you and Nick like went and saw the StarCraft previews at BlizzCon. Yeah, stuff, but, but Blizzard doesn't like, show anything unless it's actually Unless pretty, it's alpha but a actually game. a real game. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's what was so crazy about seeing Diablo 3 is that I mean there were bugs and stuff. But it's like that game was a game that you could ship, okay. uh, but it was still years before it came out. You know, that's what was crazy about Blizzard. But this is a legit alpha, and I just haven't – like I've played, you know, shooters and puzzle games and adventure games and like platformers and all kinds of things, like, you know, at like all stages of development. And I've never played a strategy one, and it's interesting because I felt like it actually made it harder for me to um, – I felt like it was harder – in in this game for me to see forward to the actual play experience of the full thing um, than it would be in other genres because – at least for me personally, not having as much experience. You don't think like that's the thing dev- that's like innate to – innate whatever the, to the yeah, – you're good. To the RTS genre? Well, the reason I'm I'm saying the, the thing that I butted up against – and I don't know if this is – I'm sure there are lots of people who are playing it who don't have this problem. But for me – it's just so much of an RTS is about the interface and the – what? Nothing. I'm talking to myself. Hi. So, yo, so much of an RTS is about um, interface, you know, UI and like logistics and managing things and keeping things under control that without that level of polish, it was actually super hard for me to play. Whereas like in a first-person shooter or, or any, any game where it's like a direct avatar control, mm-hmm. even if there's no textures, even if the geometry is just like primitives, you can, you can run around yeah. and there's like – it might not be pretty, but like you can understand the feel of the thing and mm-hmm. kind of – you know. So, and in this, I had a really hard time because – I mean it's so – it's Like so, give an example? Yeah, I have a few. So like for one thing um, – there's there's no collision detection as far as I can tell. At least, well, that's there, very there, early. Then there is collision detection on pathfinding units, but and the but the pathfinding itself is super rough. So like 
if you're across a chasm and you tell guys to cross the chasm, like they'll just kind of walk into it and they don't go anywhere. Um, and that, but when you place buildings, you can place them literally on top of other buildings. Like you can, like I just built all of my energy production units literally on top of each other. So they only took up one building oh, this game's easy, worth of space, <laughs> space. And it's, I mean, it's, it's not a knock against the game. It's just, it's an alpha, it's an alpha, you know, it's just not done. Um, but there were the, the nature of this game, it's like total annihilation or Supreme commander or something where you have constant economic throughput. So you're, it's not that you have a discrete number of resources like you do in Starcraft where it's like, I, okay, or, you know, or even in Dota or whatever, where it's like I have a thousand gold or mm-hmm. a thousand minerals and therefore I can buy this. In games like this, they have – I forget the term they use, but they have this like economic bandwidth model right. where you you have a rate that is that is maxed at whatever your production allows. So it's like I'm constantly – I constantly have access to like this much of each resource and for the time during which you're building a particular building or constructing a unit, your throughput will decrease by the amount that takes to build. But then it goes back up to whatever it was, less the cost of maintaining right. that one object. Exactly, okay. right. And so it means that the way, you know, like these games are so much more about mac- – like the macro-micro balance in a game like this is way more tilted towards the macro than it is in a game like StarCraft where macro is still quite important obviously but a lot of it is – Micromanagement. The armies are much smaller. Um, resources are scarcer. Um, yes, and so I've, I've forgotten this, but are the are, I haven't played Total Annihilation since like I played it once. Yeah, the number of units in your thing is just huge in this game. Is that- yeah, they're huge. It's enormous. Yeah, that was kind of one of the things. I mean, it's like they can keep getting bigger with modern hardware, right? Like right. You, part of this game is too is just increasing the scale to ridiculous degrees. But like anyway, as a result of this, you have to be making just huge amounts of units all the time. You really have to max out. Your macro, or you just get swarmed by the other guy, or at least that's what happened to me when I played in this multiplayer-only beta and or alpha, and um, and I just it was really hard for me to manage all this stuff without the kind of creature comforts that you get in like a polished interface in you know an actual shipping real-time strategy game. And that, I none of this is is like in any way a knock against the actual game itself because it's not done yet. It was just interesting for me to realize how. Like this particular kind of game, at least for me, someone who's not like a super expert at this style of RTS, I was super hindered by the state the game is in right now. Right. It was interesting. It was it was a really interesting huh. kind of learning experience. Um, but the game's also just super impressive in a lot of ways. Like you you zoom out, like you're on a planet, but you zoom out and then you see the planet and you keep zooming out and then you're in like a galactic view. And there's a moon orbiting the planet, and you can just zoom in on that, so is and there it just all, goes into so ground level. Are there different the, theaters of combat going on? Like, is there? A, I mean, I think there it, are in the game, in like at some point in the game, not in the amount that I played it. But. So in the multiplayer alpha, you're just okay. I, yeah, I didn't know if there was like someone would then launch a goddamn covert ship up to the moon and would maybe, start wrecking shop, and you'd have yeah. to go to the moon. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a thing. I I, I, don't know. I didn't encounter it, you know. But that that's the probably just because I'm not very good at it. Seems like a cool thing, though. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's really impressive. Yeah. But it I'm probably just going to wait, you know, until mm-hmm. until it's further along because it's it's just um and, and it's interesting too because I was looking on their forums a bit and there are definitely a lot of people who are just super super invested in this particular style of RTS, which is one that I I think is impressive and cool, but it's never been as um I've yeah, never gotten into it the same way I've gotten into like a StarCraft had a or really intense community around yeah, it. Yeah, it really did. And um and it's interesting seeing those guys 
on the forums like actually have really interesting discussions with the developers about how they're tweaking the economic model versus like Supreme Commander or Total Annihilation or whatever. And those guys are all super bought into this style of game. So they all have really interesting, like deep opinions about that stuff. You know, whereas for me, um, it's it's more just like that concept is itself just kind of almost foreign to me, even Total, though I've Total played Annihilation it a few games. Was the was that the game that had a lot of downloadable content early on as well? Yeah, they they the um, Cave Dog that, used to put out lots of un, new units for it all the yeah, time. Yeah, Cave Dog was way the fuck ahead of the game. Do you know yeah. about that, Sean? Mm-mm. You know Total Annihilation though. Mm-hmm. They like in dial up days of the internet, they had like new unit of the month or some crazy really frequent thing like that where they had an online mm-hmm. community that was really, really strong and they did stuff that people really didn't start doing until the last couple of years where their game was expandable enough that your Total Annihilation experience actually, like, it's, yeah. it's very close to... I mean, it, it, I don't know how integrated it was in the client versus how much you had to actually download little packs, but it's... it's The way that they kept that community alive is really similar to the stuff Valve does now with Team Fortress and Dota, it seems like, where mm-hmm. just you buy Total Annihilation and then crazy shit just keeps dumping on into your game yeah. for months and months and months. It was super ambitious and impressive. favorite thing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's really cool. Do you know so if they're going to do that with the new game? Um, I, I don't I don't really know. I haven't followed it closely enough. This is more one of those games that I back because I'm like, that looks pretty cool. And like yeah. I haven't followed it super closely. But I mean, these, I mean, the company that does it is Uber and they do Monday Night Combat and Super MNC. And so okay. they're pretty familiar with, I think, that, that okay. style of game development where yep. you're constantly supporting through server-side stuff. Cool. Yeah. Also, I think some of those guys listen to Battle Thumbs, so good good job making games, guys. <laughs> Hi there. But yeah, I don't know. It was cool. It was really interesting because I, um, it was just, it, it felt like an experience that was very unusual to see um, put out there in the public. Like, so it's weird. They're, they're facing this weird thing right now where that game is $90 to buy it right now because that's how much it was in the Kickstarter to get alpha access. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this is the thing that if you do a Kickstarter, you deal with this. It's like, how do we price this stuff once the Kickstarter is no longer running in a way that doesn't upset the people who, you know, paid at this like um, kind of particularly high level during the thing. And so they're keeping, they're like doing this tiered thing where once they get to the beta phase, it'll drop to what the Kickstarter cost for the beta tier. Then once it gets to release, it'll drop to that. Um, And so... It's really interesting because and, – and it makes sense. I can understand why they did it. But I can also – man, it's weird, right? Because it's – I already bought into the Kickstarter. So for me, it felt like just a free thing mm-hmm. that just showed up in my Steam. You know, I was able to activate it. And like whereas people who are actually – and it's like number three or four on Steam right now for $90. So there's people who are buying this for $90 right now and they're getting a game that for most people is going to feel – pretty unfinished i mean I, i'm kind of accustomed to to experiencing that in games but like it still was sort of surprising to me just because i in this particular genre i hadn't experienced that to that degree and like i wonder what that i wonder what that's like for for just someone who is just really excited about this because they love um total annihilation and and that's, supreme commander they probably eat it up though right it's the same people who are going on the forums and being i don't know that's about, a good question yeah. i mean that feels like there's not, a, there's not all try it out at $90, right? That's, <laughs> you know? that's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh, that's, maybe. That's a good point. I wonder how that's working across Steam in general, though, because the green light is a big thing now mm-hmm. where all those games are like, go to our website and download our pre-alpha to see if you like it. And early access is a big thing on Steam. So I, I, like, 
is the PC gaming audience getting increasingly accustomed to I seeing guess so. what shitty games look like? Yeah, uh, I don't. I haven't played in like I. I finally got Prison Architect a few weeks ago, and we talked mm-hmm. about it. I think, mm-hmm. but like that's been in development for like a year at least. We got Kerbal Space Program, but we all got into that super late too. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what a lot of early access games on Steam really yeah. look like in real life. Don't Starve has always looked really nice, so yeah, it's right. really hard to know like yeah. how chunky that thing was when it started. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I um. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right that a lot of people who are kind of at a certain level, like a certain enthusiast kind of level, are probably learning a lot. I get. I mean, it's like there's certainly the ability to get informed about what goes like the process of how a game ends up being a game to a degree that is way more tangible and available. Than if it. true, that's probably good. Yeah, I think probably it is the way games get made. Even though you can kind of encapsulate it concisely to someone and you can kind of envision in your brain what it might be like, seeing it firsthand goes a long way towards your perception of what the work involved is. I mean, the the real yep. way to go a long way towards the perception of what the work involved is is to actually try and make the most baby game in the entire world, but most people won't do yeah. that. I mean, yeah. well, like... The difference between thinking you know how someone is playing a guitar versus picking up a guitar and playing one chord and going, oh, God, this is impossible. Or like painting one line with a paintbrush, you know. Right. Although games are probably closer to a film in that it's it's less of like one individual skill and more of like a logistical coordination. Of... Right. I just mean just getting a taste of the creation of something like that, mm-hmm. even if it's literally like you watch a guy draw a face and you're sure. like, oh, cool, you draw a face. And then you try like. Sure. Picking up a video camera mm-hmm. and trying to compose a shot that looks sure. like it's in a Spielberg yeah, yeah, yeah. film, you realize uh-huh. that even the simplest aspects of that are really tough. So yeah, yeah. hopefully, like vicariously, people are getting a little bit of a taste of that. Yeah, but that's interesting. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I would be curious how all that stuff is doing. I Because, um, I mean, and I guess we're going to, I guess at Double Fine, we're going to start finding out <laughs> soon enough that we have two two Kickstarted games going on right now yeah weird world well i mean you could it's uh, super you know, dark in here right now and i feel like it's causing us to, to get really, really muted and like <laughs> we're going to do this we're going to bring the lights on <laughs> oh whoa oh hey guys little... whoa hey, hey, <laughs> thumbs. oh shit <laughs> what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say i think <laughs> oh it's interesting <laughs> to me to see if other genres of games started to do that it's something i'm really fascinated by you know, well, that's think, why that's yeah. why the strategy thing was interesting right. to me because you just don't see that as much, or at least I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't know. We were ta- before we started recording, we we're talking about the gulf between small games and big games, just on budgetarily, mm-hmm. and it just yeah. seems like there's just like another thing, right? That's just going to continue to be this wedge of there's Titanfall, <laughs> you know, right. and then there's going to be you know early access Steam Alpha games, right? That you know, it just feels like it's sort of I don't ever see the early access model going to another platform. No, no. I don't know. That'll never happen. I'd be very surprised. I mean, at least with the current ways that we understand the major platforms. Right. right? Like, I mean, unless... Well, you can't push content to an Xbox game. That's what what I mean. That stuff has to change a little bit, though. Does it? Yeah, because free-to-play exists. And free-to-play is contingent on massive frequent content drops yeah i mean i don't know though right because i think from what i understand they're streamlining that process for 
no, that's not for Xbox. That's for Sony. Um, but no, you're not going to be able to live update an Xbox One game. Like, this is not a thing you can do. For sure. From what I've heard, yeah. always in online, conversations. Always but has no live updates? Really? You get you have to go through cert. I guess that makes sense, but that's weird. Yeah. Hmm. God forbid you push a patch that breaks the game. But, like, the concept of, like... Just roll it back. It's always online. Or you just fix it and you do it again. Like... And it broke for X amount of users who played it in that seven <laughs> minutes. Then you realize you pushed a bug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Valve has been rolling updates all the time. Like, right. No, that's interesting to me because it seems like I mean, we talked about this. Oh, you weren't on last week. We talked, or maybe it was the week before. We were talking about just the increasing prevalence of free to play and how that's how free to play is going to have to hit the next gen of consoles because free to play is blowing up iOS. It blew up facebook until that imploded mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. and it's um well i mean facebook kind of imploded it deliberately and then it's you know that's obviously a big thing on steam at this point or an increasingly big thing either free to play or pay once and then the game continues to roll content out to you like yeah. uh, in sort of the early access minecraft style but that's gonna people are gonna be banging down microsoft and sony's doors to do that on consoles yeah, i mean sure. i i mean i'm, I'm speaking just on the Microsoft front, on that on the mm-hmm. comment I just made, but yeah, no, it's yeah. Just, it's just going to be interesting to see how that stuff happens because reality is right. is pretty present and intense and also highly lucrative. Yeah, yeah. People, I mean, we've bucks. got we've got you know half a decade or more for that stuff to change or evolve. Yeah, yeah. That's we were talking about that last week a little bit too. But the thing that I'm super curious about is not what these consoles look like on day one but what the hell they turn into right by well the even the 360 was... evolved into something completely yeah, different than when it ships the 360 exactly, from right. day one to now is a like a weird thing yeah ps3 is pretty similar but even it like when the ps3 first launched it didn't have uh the in-game menu that you could pop open and cross browse between assets oh, yeah, and stuff like that the xmb yeah the crossbar and the way the the way that the store and psn got integrated together and stuff like a lot of just both those systems evolved a fair amount from day one to now, so it's going to be weird to see what the hell. I really want to see somebody just land the store shopping experience. I want that to be. So, I want that so badly. <laughs> I just want to be able to go browse around and look at games, see what some smart people have said about them. Maybe people, maybe who are my friends, maybe who aren't, be able to see what the game looks like and expect. You know, I want to go shopping. I wonder if that's going to because I know you so- can't feel like I can go shopping on. Like Sony's the Sony got, store. Sony's all about streaming on the PS4. I wonder if that's going to be integrated into the storefront as well. Like if you're like, huh, I knew whatever fucking Street Fighter game, whatever. And then if you can just click and you, I wonder if they're going to integrate streaming into that so you can get the on live style thing. Oh, you just grab it for a minute, or just or yeah. just watch it. Of just like there, oh, three hundred thousand people playing Street Fighter right now, and you're just like, show me a guy, or like if there's leaderboard access, show me like what the best what the best guy who's playing right now looks like, or mm-hmm. something. So you get to see what that game looks like in active play. That's if you have streaming at, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at a low level, why not just put it in your store? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Let me listen to this team chat to see if I can buy this game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. I should not buy this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, it's gross ideologically, but I kind of would like if the store was a little less cordoned off on the new systems from... I guess the 360 by the, by today, the store is not very cordoned off. It's basically inside the same UI as the, as the launcher. Yeah. But with Sony, it definitely feels like you're going to a website on the PS3. Oh, man. It looks really nice. It's got some parallax scrolling on it. Ah, you love it. You better. love parallax. 
It didn't look good for a long time. No, it looked like a bad. It's made a step in the right direction, but no, it's all pretty now. It's got the, like the Sony store actually looks really expensive to maintain. It's got a ton of crazy one-off art. Like anything featured on it, someone's gone through and like cut the main character out of the key art and like put little particle effects floating around them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Obligatory movie poster like ash sparks and stuff. It's pretty cool. PS3, yeah. God, when you when you <laughs> said when you were saying Sean the thing about like. Yeah, I just want to log on to the store, see what people said about this. Maybe my friends thought about it. Like, I just started thinking about like, a lifestyle video some, like, marketing guy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember a tweet. There was a tweet today from Rob Fermier, who was one of the co-founders of, of Irrational Games, and he's at um, Robot Entertainment now. Lady Orcs must die. And he's he he tweeted a few hours ago. Can we declare a ban on this marketing trope? I'm having trouble in this multiplayer game. Let me message a friend so they can join me to help out. It's just like <laughs> you see that so often in like in um videos about like new you know features mm-hmm. for your console or like new right. console or whatever has anyone ever done that in the history of the, the fucking world and then i was thinking about the only equivalent i ever have about that in my life is like you messaging me on steam to play dota but that's not like i'm having trouble in this multiplayer game it's like get the fuck in here <laughs> i gotta stomp some fucking idiots and then like i'm just gonna be yelled at for like 45 minutes and i'm yeah. thinking of like that like the equivalent well that's of, when you're like, then in dota and you're like i need a friend <laughs> i gotta find nick a friend to help me out <laughs> nick yeah. i'm playing dota tell me it's gonna be okay <sighs> Yeah, but like, but then the marketing video for that is the fraps of that, but it's you like after the fact going, "I'm playing a multiplayer game, but I need a friend to help me out." And then the text comes up overlay. It's like, "Please, please, somebody, <laughs> knob, knob." And you see the like, and as soon as you type, "Please help somebody," it it immediately gets scrolled off the screen by just four hundred like knob wood PC fag. <laughs> shut up, you suck. Like just and just the worst. Ha ha. Hey guys. Ha ha ha. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you just get infracted out of the game, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Games. Games. I'm taking my shoes and socks off. Oh. No, these ones aren't smelly. Don't <laughs> these shoes and or these feet? These feet aren't smelly. No, no, no. If I wear these my these feet don't stink. If I, if I wear my bumper t- sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Where are my toms? That's like a. It's like, these colors don't run. No, I, sticker, I know that. I was in Starbucks, uh, and I I might have told you guys this, but I ordered or the guy right in front of me. They're like, you know, he said what he wants, and then they're like, uh, "What's your name, please?" And he sort of just like narrowed his eyes for a second, and then looked around, and then just said USA. They're like, "Excuse me, <laughs> USA." Okay. USA. <laughs> like, what? I guess he was implying that in America he's free to not give his name when asked in a Starbucks, so his name is USA. That's and then uh, he, got, oh into my a, God. And then he got into a car with a bumper sticker that said, These feet don't stink. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Games. Games. Did people ask us questions in oh. electronic mail about yeah, video we got, games? We got plenty of questions, I think. Yeah. You know what's really cool? That there's games. two awesome games out right now that we are, <laughs> yeah, they're so trickling into to our buy systems. The Last of Us. I did. So no, we 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 spent half a day trying to get a copy of the Last of Us. I this weekend too. I didn't find it anywhere. And you know, then, you could have just downloaded it. I could. I didn't want to download 25 gigs of game. So had you started on Saturday? Here's the reality of life. <laughs> I don't buy retail games for consoles ever, ever, ever. Like my Xbox and PSN no, or PS3 are just like. 
small scale download game, downloading machines, streamer, video robots, and Blu-ray players. The last retail game I bought for console might have been Little Big Planet Two. And no, you bought Halo Four. I bought Halo Four. Got a. We never played that. We played it for like a night. Oh, we're fools. That was actually enjoyable. Um, that was really fun. But I realized now that I am the guy who sits on this podcast all the time and talks about how everything's fine. But I, that's like the engineer at a tech company who's like, everything's cool in the cloud. <laughs> Got your fast internet, always on. Cloud is great. I don't know why anyone would have a problem with it. And then I'm like, fuck me. I can't even get a copy of the best-selling, like, biggest <laughs> hit of the year that came out three days ago yeah. by going to every Best Buy, Target, Toys R Us, and GameStop in the, like, Bay Area. Are you kidding me? I, I didn't go to all of them because the, the internet does exist, and you can use it to look up stock uh, around the <laughs> right. around the place. But, yeah. like... You virtually checked out... In the, in the words of someone from 1994, you virtually checked out every yeah. major retailer in the Bay Area. The virtual aisles are completely clear of the yeah. game. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it is not in, the in future, your grocery you can use your either. telephone to check stock at the, latest, at the nearest <laughs> electronic superstore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we sat basically all lunch God. and found no copies of Last of Us. I'm going to try us. looking up the, the newest video game release from a major publisher. Looks like they got a hit on their hands. <laughs> <laughs> But, God, I tried to do a Google search the other day for like, like a trend search on video games have grown up, and I just I couldn't find the site where you actually see like the graph of usage. Oh, Google Trends. All right, I couldn't find it for some reason. But uh, I should have done a, a Google trend search on Google Trends to see when people were using it more frequently. Then maybe I could have traced the location oh, of that God. website. Yeah, I really actually want to play The Last of Us. Obviously, there's you have to want to play that game because everyone in the fucking world is blowing up about it. But also. I'm just super curious about it. I liked I liked Uncharted 2 up until the third act when it when blue suit guy showed up and stuff. But that was really fun. You and I like hot seated that yeah, game. Yeah, we hot seated all of Uncharted 2 and that was really We'll cool. do that with Last of Us. I've decided it. Okay. And then State of Decay has been out for a week and a half now and is Gainer is losing his mind over that game. Yeah, we talked about that a little last week, right? Yeah. Yes, Nick Nick played Nick it. Played I watched it. Oh, yeah. it. Oh, cool. Um, I've been meaning to play that. But, that was like apparently one of the best selling Xbox Live games. Also, most I expensive. Oh yeah. Oh right, because they made it for like four years. Yeah, really expensive. Yeah. But but quality title. Hopefully, we're not chumps and we'll talk about this stuff next week because we got to. But I failed to I failed to get a goddamn copy of it, and it was completely mind blowing to me that that's the case. I just yeah. I, no, it's crazy. I, I could have downloaded it online, but the prospect of downloading. The full like Blu-ray disc worth of content onto my PlayStation over the internet on my not the best home internet made me really sad. Yeah, I mean that's gonna be a thing. Get fucking like, ready, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should just be preparing myself for this grim future that I'm in, where yeah. if I want to play the best-selling sixty-dollar video game, I have to wait a few hours or a few days. <laughs> that's what you're in now. Why didn't I pre-order any GameStop? Oh, <laughs> I could have got the strategy guide. Could have got a year free Game Informer. Could have gotten that satisfaction guarantee. <sighs> Could have traded it in because it's not on an it, Xbox. A one. part of me died today when we had to walk into that GameStop <laughs> and like, hi, do you have a copy of the Last well, the of worst Us? Is the classic? No, nah, man, didn't pre-order, huh? He didn't uh, say that. No, but he was he just was dripping of it. It's the worst because <laughs> you walk in and they've, <sighs> they've got the whole the fake shelf of like three hundred. This box is empty. The Last of Us is up there. And yeah, like, I, I was like, real. look, there's Juno right there. That's Give not even Juno. It is. Juno's Juno? in the other one. Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, Ellie, Ellen Page. Ellie in The Last of Us is an Ellen Page lookalike who is 
litigiously distant uh, from Ellen Page, but then mm. Ellen Page herself is mo-capped and face-capped and whatever into the new Quantics... Quantic Dreams. Quantic okay. Dreams Yeah, game. Beyond Two Souls, yeah. Beyond Two Souls. Quantic Souls. It's very confusing. Yeah. So there's a lot of fake and or mostly fake Ellen Page around. Virtual Page. Yep. Huh. Uh, well... <laughs> God, that was a weird, like, that was a dad moment. <laughs> Virtual, Virtual page. page. <laughs> well. <laughs> well. Time for mail from the readers. <laughs> so Dustin Brown writes. Oh, hi, Dustin. Immersion versus playability. Mm. Hi, thumbs, but fuck Nick. I That's attempted to play through The Last of Us over the weekend and gave up due to frustration with stealth mechanics. After oh. playing recent stealth games like Mark of the Ninja and Dishonored, the stealth in The Last of Us feels kind of archaic. The game fully commits to cinematic presentation but doesn't leave you the tools you expect a stealth-heavy game to have. It's basic stealth hallmarks like vision cones, for example. It does have an audio cue when you're visual to enemies, but I, I didn't find that useful as I was usually spotted right away. Compared to games like Mark of the Ninja, which has visual cues and UI elements to let you know when you, where you can be to avoid detection, this game feels like its lava's production values are stuck several years in the past in terms of stealth design. Or feel like it is stuck several years in the past in terms of stealth design. My question is this. Do you think the actual playability of a game should take a hit to deliver a more cinematic or immersive experience. I'm sure you guys can find a way to tie this into a Far Cry 2 discussion. Dustin Brown. P.S. Bird Noise Big Bag Horse Bag. I want to point out that we've been very good about not referencing Far Cry 2. I know. We've been pretty good. That being said. <laughs> I don't... I mean, we all just kind of know now, right? We live in an era where if you put a stealth section in your game, you're kind of signing up for a certain... I don't know if there was a light gem, level. Though. That's true. If, Seriously, if, if she had a light gem on her backpack, it would have been great. I think this just goes back to the same light gem conversation that we had. To a I don't think degree. so. I totally disagree. Because this is about cinematic presentation. I think, versus... you should, I think you should... If you're compromising gameplay for cinematic presentation, you have to be very careful. I just, I know. I, I just think a stealth section is probably not the best fit for a game of this style. It's, which is a cinematic presentation, sort of. But it's all free movement... Wandering around. Yeah, but the camera's really, really smart and frames everything to look like a movie all the time. If that's the case, then they probably should just have a little dot that comes up in the bottom corner that says visible or not. But, I mean, we kind of had this conversation today, right? We were arguing about a thing in a video game that you and I are working on, and the problem is fundamental to the design, right? The same thing we were talking about this morning. Oh, well, I have cryptic bullshit, but like you start talking about a design problem and you're like, well, we could make the object in the world do this one specific thing. Right, right. And then if that doesn't work, we'll tune it up like 10 right, more percent. It sounds like they're trying to be subtle about it and they have an audio cue going on. And if there is really a system underneath that is you can be seen and you can't be seen, right. just make it huge and in your face. And I'm just saying with. don't even put the system in there. Just make it feel cool to feel like you're sneaking and you're not actually. Yeah. The rest of the game, you're a fucking awesome murderer who chokes guys out and hits them in the head with bricks. And it's not skill-based at all. So there's one section you're going to be skill-based? This is tough because neither of us have played The Last of Us. Yeah. I know. This is just just sitting through the the Sorry, that was not the best choice. All the the marketing content, all the gameplay videos of The Last of Us include encounters that are hugely just predicated on being in cover, being out of cover, being seen, being not seen. It seems like it's a major component of this game. Right. right, So I think it would be tough to just say just leave it out because it's not what the game's about. But we should play it. That's true. I agree with you. We'll come back. But I do think, I mean, you, the soul of your game is going to be found in these decisions. Right. So it's not just like make the stealth better. Well, you're like, saying, I don't think that's ever the solution. You're saying if you're going to end up having to half-ass it because of another big, huge goal of what your game is about, you should probably just leave it out. Yes. Yeah. I think that's fair most of the time. But also, none of us have played this game yet, so we can't really speak 
as to which we finished the case. We in this did case. speak about it. No, well, <laughs> with any semblance of authority or fucking weight. I saw a oh. gameplay video on game trailers two months I, ago that I watched once. At PAX 2012, sat in a dark room and watched another person play it. Play it. It looked really cool and fluid. I know everything about this fucking game. 8.5. Citizen <laughs> Kane of games. Next question. Citizen Kane got an 8.5. It did. For graphics. <laughs> got a two for replayability because it had a twist ending. <laughs> once, yeah. you've, once you've once seen you know what Rosebud just... is, it's like, what's the point? Whatever. Yeah, rent it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lars Brown says, Cyan, hey guys, had to write after you guys talked about Uru. I was one of the residential engineers. That's missed online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, there was a whole bunch of words that were just like, <laughs> It made you Italian Spider-Man. You are you, you mean? Yeah. I'd come into the Bevins slash neighborhoods and introduce the game to new players and kick people who were complaining about Tomb Raider not working on game tap. My avatar had a construction <laughs> hat. I was an important man. I got to be there. This guy's the, the best. <laughs> best male. I got, I, I, you said best man and then you said best male and I thought you were using male. Yeah, as, I thought you were using as, as like, a gender. Male person. <laughs> He's the best male. Best male. I know some better ladies, but this guy is pretty good, pretty good male. Um, this is the best male reader. <laughs> I, <laughs> Chris, the best male reader. Keep uh, reading this male. Read, oh, yeah, Chris, best, you're also the best male I know. What? That's what I've been sitting up there for going. two minutes. Yeah, I know. All right. I got to be there as the servers were pulled and the fans went out of existence one by one. This is an incredible email. The Cyan office is every bit as you described, except that the building also drained their funds in addition to Uru. <laughs> the front facade of the building appears to be ripped out with a bridge suspending the front and the building. It's nestled in nature with walking paths and frisbee golf cages littered around the woods. It's quite a shock to find it off the beaten path in nearly rural Washington State. Um, the secondary building was largely abandoned until they filled it with game testers. I used to ride a Razor scooter around the cobweb-strewn cubicles when it was still fairly empty. There were notes and drawings for games never made, memos and comic book adaptations, and company postcards from Ubisoft. In the middle of the floor was reproduction of the garage where the original Mist was made. Whoa, weird. weird. Cyan still exists primarily as a software testing business. To note, Eric Anderson, one of the art team on Mist 5 and Uru, did work on the upcoming The Witness, a team of four, I believe. Oh, cool. So there's some of the cyan spirit in that game. And oh, by yeah. the way, I gave you guys the Triwizard drawing years ago in Seattle. Love the cast, Lars Brown. Yes, that guy. That was an awesome piece of art. Yeah, it's really good. Um, that's oh. a crazy email. Also, all other readers should try to be as good as that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Cyan's <laughs> life is a weird and sad life. Yeah. Of Mist making them all the money, Riven, the making, Riven making them a lot more of the money. And then it sounds like... Their office and missed online, making all of their money go away. Yeah, that's a bummer. A weird hubristic move is to build an entire exact replica of your original garage office inside of your woodland yeah. resort office with frisbee golf courses. That's you're asking for. Mm-hmm. You're not asking for much, but you're definitely cruising for something. Oh that, yeah, that rhymes with cruise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You really enjoyed that, Sean. Yeah, that was, I got you somehow. Okay. Uh, Jude Jackson writes, Theater Dumbs. This guy. Oh, man. Uh, Recently, I've listened to... Oh, I hope the whole email is going to be like that. But no. <laughs> Just completely inscrutable. Recently, I listened. <laughs> uh, Recently, I listened to a discussion with David Sterling about game design, and he made the comment that a multiplayer competitive game isn't really worthwhile unless it can support a professional competitive scene. Mm. I knew that was going to immediately trigger something. 
However, Jude Jackson claims, brash pomposity aside, his point was legitimate. Even if a game is fun, it simply won't hold up if it can be easily solved or its imbalances are quickly apparent. The same can be said of films and novels. The point has been recapitulated for ages, but to summarize, good movies are fun to watch once, but a really great film will hold up every time. I have some novels I've reread at different times in my life, and every time I find a new passage that totally resonates with me. I bring this up partially because replayability factor is a grading point you guys have made fun of, but in a movie review, you'll want to watch it again and again is a pretty high praise. And Reggie fils claims that Nintendo games are sold back less because they're simply good enough to be worth playing again. What do you think is the relationship between a game's replayability and its quality? Sean, you've stated that you don't think players should need to play The Walking Dead more than once. I essentially agree with your reasons, but are you worried that the nature of the branching path story means that it can't inherently hold up to repeat playthroughs the same way as rewatching, say, 12 Monkeys? And that sim- is that simply a feature of the medium you'll have to embrace, or are there ways you've considered making replays more authentic to the original experience? Finally, and most frankly, do you think the fact that your games aren't designed to be replayed gives you room to cut certain corners? Sorry for the long email. By the way, I'm pretty sure I'm your most read reader. That is true. <laughs> See your last half dozen shows. Thanks for that honor. Graciously, Jude. There's a lot there. Yeah, it was. I, I actually pretty strongly disagree with... Uh, I think it's an interesting email, and the guy's obviously completely welcome to his opinion, but I disagree with most of it. I mean, I next. I guess it's not else to say I'll next clarify. I suppose. Question. I actually don't, next mail mail. I think people might when people describe a film as you'll want to watch it again and again. Um, I think that's totally fine if someone intends that as unqualified praise, and it, for some people it might well be. But I don't think I don't think that's synonymous with quality. I mean, I yeah. No, I think there are like okay. So here's an example. I, um, I if you follow me on Twitter. You're sick to death of hearing about this, but oh well. Um, the movie, the film, the most recent film adaptation of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy the new that came out in 2011 um, is probably the, the the movie that has had that is stuck in my brain more than any other film I've seen in 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 the last several years. And I've watched it probably half a dozen times or more, four of which times I saw it in in the theater. Um, and I don't think. And I and I've I've been thinking about why, and I do think there that is an extremely well made film. I think that by whatever you know by by many measures, I would describe that as a good film or, or possibly a great film. But I think the reasons it has been so, um, I realized that the reasons it has been so effective on me, in many cases, have less to do with any kind of sort of objective standard of quality. And more because I've started to identify particular things about that film that very strongly resonate with my worldview in a way that just gets into my brain. And that's not something that I could just expect to like transfer to somebody else similarly as I wouldn't expect someone else's version of that to just transfer straight to me. I don't think I should – you know, I've, I've been thinking like I don't want to confuse that feeling that that creates in me – with like, well, they're just doing it right because I happen to want to watch it again mm-hmm. and again. You know, like that's yeah. um, again. I, I I do think it's a really good film for a lot of other reasons. But like, I who was it? Was it um, Pauline Kael said she never watched a she never watched a movie twice. Pauline Kael, a great film critic, she she would only watch a movie once, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I don't know. I I think this this is one of those the way that people appreciate and apprehend art. I think is just too complex. To say things like, if you want to see it a lot of times or play it a lot of times, that means it's good. Right. You know, I mean, well, I, I mean, I think it's, I, I, I think it holds Nintendo up for Nintendo the Nintendo stuff. Complex. What, I think so. it holds up for the Nintendo stuff. You know, I think it's just, it's just not a broadly applicable metric for, or 
like well, thing I, to say about a game. The I, thing that I was going to say about The Walking Dead is that it's not the style of game that Jake and I made that can't be replayed. It's just this particular one felt from the moment we started it as one that was going to be, I think, more enjoyable played once for a lot of reasons. Um, to answer this question, can you cut more corners if that's what you're asking people to do? Absolutely, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> duh. But the game is about – well, first off, like you can rewatch a movie and a movie and a movie, but a movie isn't going to change every time you watch it, right? But if you play The Walking Dead no, a different way – although you might change. I'm just talking about the content. But like, okay, if you okay. play the walking, literally speaking, yes, yes, the frames will be the exact yeah, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, if you play the Walking Dead every single, there's, it'd be very, very difficult to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You'll just end up making a more different dialogue choice, and you'll hear a bunch of different shit or something. So, it starts to change, and then kind of muddling your memory of what is your playthrough. And I mm, think the I nature of this game was sort of about create your canonical playthrough and let that be emblematic of the experience that you had mm-hmm. and then have memories of the experience that you had that hopefully you would carry forward into future versions of the game. Yeah. And that idea of memory, remembering the things that you did and why you did them, like thematically tracks exactly to Lee who can't quite rectify or unpack the things that he did in his life that got him to this point that mm-hmm. got put him in the cop car. So it's like, it was an intent. Like it's all sure. supposed to be. And just the notion thing of, of a whole. the notion of your past as the thing that is locked in. Maybe you're you have uncomfortable feelings about, but it's unchangeable, and all you can do is hope to change it by moving forward. Yeah, and like that's all part of that text. I think you can make we could like make a completely different game on the exact same blueprint of, of the Walking Dead. Sure, with a different story, and yeah. maybe replay would be a thing that was thematically important to us. Right. But it's not like. Again, perfunctory design feature of a video game. I know right. the guys who are working on the Walking Dead DLC, sort of, I mean, which we helped on, but a, a little slice of the intent of that is that people can explore playing that game out of order on a second playthrough. Yeah. Um, but, it's like, that's more like, like, a lot of that game is about these divergent moments of in somebody's life. They're sort of like these, like, sliding doors moments, where it was not at all what season one of The Walking Dead was about. So I think that desire is more tied to thematic design than anything yeah, else. But the judging a movie or a piece of work based on whether or not it can be replayed, I think is the danger is the dangerous mistake that people seem to make a lot, which is conflating the notion of best and favorite. Yeah. That's which, what I was trying to talk which about. Are two separate Tinker things. Tailor. Like yeah. one of my favorite movies to watch is like Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I've, or like the first, the 2009 JJ Abrams, Star Trek movie. I've watched those a stupid number of times just because they are just, entertaining movies to me they are some of my favorite movies to have watched like just when it's the summer and it's a weekend and i'm like sitting on the couch halfway folding laundry or something like i'll put on a stupid one of those the play count on those two dvds does not mean that they're my favorite movies they're right. they don't chart on my list of favorite yeah. movies actually that's um, kind of what i was going to or rather they do they chart on a list of my favorite movies but not on movies that i would rate as things that i personally think right. are like great yeah. or they are probably the didn't like inform your life in any they don't kind touch of super Citizen meaningful Kane way on but you list. find <laughs> but the thing is what's great is you find value in them as movies that offer you that experience yeah and like that can that can reach a level of enjoyment that is the same as having watched a movie once yeah you know what i mean and i think that's okay like i think uh, to get to the like reggie fisame comment it's great that like you know what? I would probably never, ever, ever get rid of my copy of Mario Kart for the DS. Because, yeah, same. You know what I mean? And But that's 
the nature of that product. That is something inherent to the, and that goes all the way down to its design, you know, and that's fine. But like, I don't think that just cause I trade in like, or I get rid of, or like delete or like delete local content of a like infinite, you know, like I'm not going to, you know, I played that game and I did it the one time and I got what I needed out of it. I don't know. It's like, it doesn't. They're not Apple. It's not apples to apples comparison. There are, there are films. Well, and that it's I like s- that was the thing when I talked about Metro Twenty Thirty Three and my experience with that game and sort of just dying right. like halfway through that game and quitting. That had a way way bigger impact on me than a lot of games that I've you know for better or worse played for many dozens of hours. You know, like that that specific experience I had with Metro Twenty Thirty Three was far more like remains more um, palpable to my like sense of of like imp- yep. to my game memories like my you know just the stuff that rattles around in my head it's it has it has carved out a space that is much bigger relative to its play count than a mm-hmm. lot of other games and like to, and i you know i it would be a shame to say like well i only played it for like 5 hours i don't know yeah. whatever right well, like i the thing that i was just about to say when you started talking about that it's not entirely related but it reminded or what we were talking about a minute ago reminded me there are movies that I that I saw in the theater and I just like I loved like they were they affected me emotionally they left me in a different like emotional mindset than I was mm-hmm. when I walked in like I remember when I saw I didn't know anything about Lost in Translation when it was out and mm-hmm. then I went and just bought a ticket sight unseen because I heard it was good sat through the entire movie walked out and was like holy like what I you know like my brain yeah, yeah, just yeah. felt like. Mm-hmm. weirdly cleared out and different you know i was just like well, that was an intense crazy thing and then i was like i am buying that the day it comes out on dvd and i did and i have not once put the dvd into the drive <laughs> because i right. don't actually have the need to rewatch that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. i can actually just recall the right. feelings of experiencing right. it in a theater the first time right. yeah. i don't even know if i want to rewatch that movie right. but i bought it yeah um this guy was also talking about what this means in terms of multiplayer games, which I think yeah. is a separate subject. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a let's separate let's subject, let although I disagree with that one as well. I disagree as well. Pikmin 2. Yeah, Pikmin 2 as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's our response. There's no way that game could support a competitive scene, but I I mean, so what? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if that means anything to me, personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Although... Pikmin 2 could potentially support a competitive scene, but it the, hardware the, limitations, the, the right. hardware limitations of that system means that it's never yeah. even going to have a shot. Yeah. But, like, a lot of Nintendo stuff. I guess there probably are competitive Mario Kart. Well, there's competitive Smash Brothers. There's, there's right definitely competitive there's, Smash. There's competitive, competitive Smash. Competitive Smash is pretty big. I mean, relatively relative to most games. Right. Yeah. That game also had online play, didn't it? Or did it have, or like, local? Smash Brothers Brawl had some sort of something. I, I think competitive it. fighting games are pretty much all local, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Greg Brown writes, hi, guys. Working at mid-sized developers, can y'all talk about whether you think gaming publicity... I don't know if Greg Brown reads y'all like that. I just decided to throw that in there. Can y'all talk about whether you think gaming publicity is as driven by the bigger magazines and sites as it used to be? Can non-tentpole games reach a large enough audience through podcasts, word of mouth, etc., without doing the song and dance for those outlets? Thanks, Greg. Do the song and dance for the outlets. Do it. It's free. Do it if you can. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I don't know. Like Steve threw a couple press days down here for his four person game. Yeah, that's true. Like it's just if you're making a game, sell the crap out of it. You're making, you know, like just yeah. try. It's yeah. like it's so it's hard look, enough. Look at the to get anything out, on that. out there these days. You just get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, if you're in high school, it'll feel like you're selling out by talking to press. Just fucking talk to the press. Yeah. I don't know. Like but the thing is, is what you'll find. I think. I mean, my opinion is that like 
guys like Klepek and, you know, Kirk at Kotaku. And these people, like, will, you'll have a personal connection with them and they'll advocate for your game. And, like, of course you want that. You know, like, that's awesome. They're not going to sell your game as, like, something it's not, but they're going to talk about it to their audience. I don't know. I I think it's good. Yeah, <laughs> you I, give me the look. No, no, oh, you're good. No, no, you're just no, no, no. looking relaxed. I think it is probably. Po- I mean, I think it happens by accident that you can have a game that that you know makes it entirely because of word of mouth. But oh, like Minecraft. Well, it just depends. There's a yeah, It just depends. Makes it is like so game dependent, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're at a mid-sized developer. You, you really do need to get all the all the exposure you possibly can, right? right? If you're if you're one guy, then you probably don't actually need to be in every magazine and every right. blog to but to break even or be profitable. Once you have like, just, you have like a double digit team, it seems like yeah, it's exactly. Time. You gotta, yeah. Yeah. Do the, like you, you have to remember because the audience. Like if you have twenty five people working at a developer, just by like rule of thumb, the common standards in the United States. You're spending a quarter of a million dollars a month at the minimum to keep the lights on. You have to remember that that is yeah. the like 25 people is way well, fewer than make most of the games that you play. It's also worth remembering that although 25 people is now a mid-sized developer, 25 people developed the AAA games of the 90s. Right. That's what's and, that's what's right. crazy. And about those this. people had to do crazy song and dances, have to meet the numbers to afford to pay yeah. their staff and be profitable, yeah. and that holds true now. I think. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, Double Fine has 60 people. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like you yeah. know, it's not it's not jump change. Like we're an independent company. Well, we're not owned by a publisher or anything. So, like, it's definitely like when we when we announced Broken Age, which is you know the Double Fine Adventure Kickstarter game. Like, backers had obviously been super tapped into that game for like yeah. almost a year. Also, Telltale's not a mid-sized developer anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're 150 people. Oh wow, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Double Fine yeah. is I would still consider a mid-sized, but like, um, you know, we the public announcement of that game was in Game Informer because like, well, why not? Like, people asked us, um, well, why did you guys do that instead of doing kind of more of an online thing? And it's like, well. You got to you got to start your public campaign somewhere, and like Game Informer is still the single one biggest kind of area outside of the like. Isn't Game Informer the magazine that has the most active subscriptions, other than the AARP magazine? Yeah, in the United like States. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like ridiculous. You kind of take care of a I huge amount. Reading that if I had pre-ordered Last of Us. <laughs> it's just like you you got to do everything right. Like you don't. Yeah. If you're trying to sustain a company, you know, mid sized mid sized or even bigger company. You kind of just have to do everything. You can't really decide to just do one or the other. It's just not really an option. But, you know, it's the same time. It's like I think that probably to get to the heart of the question is also like what if you don't have those connections and those resources? Then you're probably not a mid-sized developer. Yeah. I was just, yeah, that was what I was going to say. Yeah. I know with some of Telltale's smaller games, we, didn't, we weren't as aggressive with the, with the press stuff that were with the bigger games. And partly because I think people said, oh, well, it's a smaller game. We can probably promote it like a smaller game. And I think everyone, marketing and dev, just wishes that there was a bigger PR push for that stuff. Yeah. Even, like, the puzzle agents and stuff like that at Telltale. You know, maybe you can get a hashtag to trend and get a few likes on your Facebook page, but just you're better off if you can get someone from Rock, Paper, Shotgun to write a couple pieces about you. And to be fair, I mean, if you are a smaller developer who doesn't have those contacts, then, you know, one, you, you do obviously need to sell... You, you don't need to sell as many copies to be successful, but you can, but places like Rock Paper Shotgun do exist and are probably a way more receptive. Like that Rock Paper Shotgun and sites like it are a thing that is an amazing resource now in 2013. You know, like 10 years ago, that was just not as available at all. Yep. Um, so there there are definitely 
you know, I mean, there's definitely options now that didn't even exist before. It's a weird thing, though. Yeah, no, it's super weird. Having a good PR guy at Telltale has completely altered my perceived value of a PR guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you have a good, if you have a good person doing PR for you, like, I mean, Telltale in its past has had some pretty solid PR people, but the guy that we have right now is tireless, is a ridiculous man, and it just makes me go, holy fuck, just thank you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, um, but most people probably don't have that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jackson Choi uh, says, Dear Thumbs, often on your podcast you praise Pikmin 2's multiplayer. What makes it such a good <laughs> and or fun RTS? Another point is how do you feel about <sighs> Pikmin 3's multiplayer mode appearing to be only bingo battle? I don't know what that is. So, Jake, why don't you start answering this? I'm going to look it up. Uh, what I, How I feel about it being bingo battle is no, no, if, it's not, if it's not... Okay, well, I have feelings okay. on that, <laughs> which are simple enough, which are if it is not... The next iteration of Pikmin 2's versus multiplayer. Or you have to get a marble. I'm not interested. <laughs> then take it elsewhere. <laughs> it's not Pikmin to you. Pikmin 2. It's so good. It is really good. Um, oh, actually, do you want to hear what Bingo Battle is? We've talked about this so isn't, much though, right? Isn't, isn't Bingo Battle a safe cracker in 30 Flights of Loving? <laughs> <laughs> One player will play as Alf while the other plays as Captain Olimar. On the bottle of each... Alf? Wait, he plays as Alf? <laughs> Hopefully, he plays as Alf on a TV show. He will devour puppet. cats as fast as he can. <laughs> One person is chomping on cats, while the other person is a small alien moving One a marble. One player will play as Mr. Belvedere, <laughs> while the other... <laughs> plays as Olimar, Mr. Belvedere's best friend. <laughs> and, and occasional competitor. <laughs> On the bottom of each player's screen, there will be a 4x4 bingo card with random objects, which range from enemies to fruits to treasures. The player that collects all the objects in a so row will win, than... similar to bingo. <laughs> God, this, that, like that sounds like Mario that sounds Party like, shit. Yeah, that, yeah, does that does sounds not like sound... classic Nintendo. So we've, ta- we've probably talked about Pikmin 2 multiplayer That's a couple just, times. Yeah. I'll be quick, but I will say if you go to twitch.tv slash idlethumbs and look in our archive, Chris and I did a competitive Pikmin stream. Um... And we also played it, I think, at the end of our Kickstarter launch video, which is the first video right. up there. We've we've played it. We've played Pikmin multiplayer a couple times on the stream. Um, Pikmin Two multiplayer is cool because it's a real time strategy game on a console, which is really rare. Um, it's got a. It's it. I always end up describing it as imagine if. Like what Mario Kart is to racing games, this is to real time strategy right. games, where yeah, like yeah. the rounds are only at most five minutes long right. in a really intense, crazy one on some of the bigger maps, they can maybe get up to ten minutes, but just the scale of it is very, very small. It's split screen instead of monitor to monitor like PC. So there's actually same screen strategies, like looking down at the other person's screen versus like you can conceal your view by deliberately spinning the camera around and stuff. It's just it's it's a very 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 simple set of mechanics that but there's so much going on there's yeah. like it's basically captured the flag with multiple wing conditions like yeah, the multiple wing conditions is huge enemies yeah. on the board they can attack both of you and then mario kart style power up power drops up roulette drops so yeah. it's sort of everything and yeah. it's a little overwhelming when you first start playing yeah. especially yeah. if you're playing it's, against somebody good it's a it's a symmetrical map and there's a red base and a blue base on each side which have the little pikmin spaceships they're it's, not always symmetrical or the starting locations aren't anyway. You're right. It's a slightly weird map. It, mm. Some because in some like variants of some oh, maps, you, mean like you Dota? can just start in like different 
No? Weird places. I think that, that it actually is the same map. Mm-hmm. It just rotates 90, 180 degrees. But stuff. like, but there are some maps where you. This is where we're, we're going yeah. over this. You're right. some maps, Okay. Where yes. Well, you know, like you literally start next door to the other guy. Yeah, but I think that the map, whatever. Oh, you think that's still symmetrical? Okay. Yes, you're probably, you're probably, you're probably right. You're probably right. Um, but anyway, each bat, each base has a marble in it. The red base is a red marble. The blue base is a blue marble. Uh, and your objective is to send a bunch of Pikmin over and carry the marble back to your base the same way you do in single-player Pikmin, except that there's, like, seven yellow marbles out in, out in the world, and if you bring back four of those, you also win. So, yeah, that multiple win objective thing is what creates the most intense, yeah. like... It, it's so cool to be to play a multiplayer console game that has the sort of heads-down strategizing of a real-time strategy game but still has the insane, crazy upsets with a, in, within a relatively quick period of time that you mm-hmm. get from simpler, like Mario Kart, where someone pulls ahead at the last second. Pikmin has that sort of feeling where multiple people can be watching the screen, but you, it's when you see someone's about to bring the red marble into the blue base, and then on the other guy's screen, they just deliberately frame the most triumphant shot <laughs> of three guys marching yellow marbles, and they just go, yeah, boop, yeah, yeah. boop, boop, and the game yeah. is over. And, just and like, the thing I like it about ugh. that... Com- more than just personally more than Mario Kart, even though Mario Kart is obviously super fun. Um, they're gonna say obviously superior. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Mario Kart's great, but but it's just a different, it's like a, it feels different, even though they share that mechanic. You know, Mario Kart feels more like a party thing, whereas, yeah, um, Pikmin because partly because it's one on one, um, and partly because of the multiple win conditions thing, you know, it's a more it's a much more overtly strategic game, and even mm-hmm. though you've got the crazy cherry roulette shenanigans. Um, it really does feel like you can pull off crazy strategic coups where, like, yeah, like you know, you, wild you, gambits. you feigned something and your right. opponent thinks you're doing one thing and that even though he can see your screen, you well, manage to... because you fixate so much, but yeah. yeah. You, you, I mean, it's a really, it's it's crazy. Like, you, you totally do things in this game. Like, you, you carry out your action really quickly and furtively and then immediately put the camera back to something really innocuous. So, like, right. 98% of the time, you're just looking at bullshit. Right, but occasionally and then like you look down at the guy's screen and go, what? <laughs> no, but I mean, like, on your own screen, right. you'll right. hold the camera so that, like... Oh, I know, but I mean, yeah. it's amazing when you catch someone else doing oh, that. Oh, doing that. And you're like, what, what, what the... What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's super good every time. Uh, yeah, it's it, it does sort of split the difference between watching a competitive PC real-time strategy game and watching your friends play Mario Kart in that just if you if you and someone else are playing Pikmin and you have a couple other friends over who are playing who know how Pikmin multiplayer is played you can hot which seat- this is already a pretty high threshold right, to if, cross, let's so if be you're honest. one of six it's people. a guarantee yeah. that if you actually get a hold of Pikmin 2 multiplayer which is a, a hard disk to find at this point and you play it enough that you actually are into it you will immediately try and conscript as many friends yeah, as possible into playing them. this yeah. but it has it us. has that the shared screen uh, spectator rise and fall of crazy enthusiasm. Right. And like, if you're spectating, you obviously can see both halves of the mm-hmm. screen. Uh, it's got sort of but, a, the equivalent of a score. So, because you know, of the marbles. I mean, it's, it's it, the way that the audience, that the audience, you know, that the friends watching react are very similar to when two or three people are watching someone play Starcraft. Yeah. Uh, like when you're watching a stream with a friend or something, when people just go Whoa, and blow up, but it's happening in this tiny five minute loop. And it's happening in the exact same room, so it has a little mm-hmm. bit of that land party feel that you don't get with a lot of that stuff at this yeah. point on PC. I don't know. Pikmin 2. Super good. It's really good. At least now I guess I don't need to worry about Pikmin 3. <laughs> like, I don't need to... That's really disappointing. It's a bummer, yeah. What is not a bummer is playing Pikmin 2 on the Dolphin emulator with I know. We got to do that. We got to do that. Because it just now runs that we've, Now that we've figured that out, now that we've, like, gotten that set up, I don't even feel like I... 
need a new Pikmin. It's just like, well, we have the like 1080p yeah. Pikmin. You have the Criterion That's the good one. Pikmin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got to finish that custom UI. I was making a fake. Truly the Citizen Kane of I was Pikmin's. making a fake pro sports uh, overlay for XSplit for Pikmin 2 so that the next <laughs> time we stream it, we can have some sweet like little motion graphics come up and a little red-blue split-screen cameras. We're having Gun Run on Dota Today this week. Oh, nice. oh man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. DotaToday.net. DotatoDay.net. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. But we're having Gun Run from Twitch TV on, so all bounces off of him. Oh, the, thing, the reason that I thought that's of what, that. That's what your reader, that's what, that's what serious Dota that's 2. That's what serious <laughs> hardcore Loma players want. <laughs> like, is so us the about, Let's we, talk about Pikmin like, 2. We thought about, we thought about doing a League of Legends versus uh, Dota 2 like MOBA Roundup, and instead we're going to talk about the pros and cons of the Pikmin 2 uh, <laughs> scene. But yeah, no, when uh, Gunrun helped us out... <laughs> the when Pikmin we, 2 scene consists of us. Consists yeah, of you're, us. In, you're inside of it <laughs> yeah, right we, now. <laughs> when we, uh, at the end of the Kickstarter, we, you know, we did the stream at the end of the Kickstarter thing, and uh, it was really fun to be playing Pikmin 2 on that stream because uh, Gunrun and Jared Ray were both there, and they had never seen Pikmin 2 being played, but they have tons of experience watching... Starcraft, a bunch of MOBAs, other competitive like first person stuff, and they just started faux commenting on the <laughs> on the Pikmin two stream. Yeah, and it was the most hilarious thing ever. It was really. They good. also set it up to look like legit. They did, yeah. Like, yeah, they did yeah. a good job. They with did this a good stuff. job. God, yeah. Those guys, those guys are. If you awesome. ever want to do a stupid streaming event, find two guys from Twitch TV. Apparently, who <laughs> will show up at your house. That was the like the most. Yeah, that was amazing. They showed up with their like just their. It was like TV the Wolf in Pulp Fiction. Because <laughs> yeah. we were like, it's so close to the wire. Like we're gonna have to start doing this thing like now. Like they came later than like expected, and so we're standing around, being like, what? But then it was like, should we just start? Should we go up? Like, okay, ding dong. Like open the door. All right, what do we set up? Like, it was <laughs> like the Command and Conquer base, just like creating <laughs> salt in the middle of the living table. room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. But yeah, those guys doing that made me realize that we should probably stream Pikmin Two more than we have. Yeah, we, we should. Haven't. We need to do it again because maybe we can. Just, maybe we can create the Pikmin Two scene, <laughs> yeah. and then eventually we can rent out a movie theater in San Francisco and just stream Pikmin Two on it. Oh man, we have the the finals, like the-, the finals of the local like San Francisco League <laughs> Pikmin Two championship. Yeah, God, San Francisco Recreational Pikmin League. Yeah, pro am. Chris and I are going to start our own podcast called Pikmin Two Day. <laughs> Get ready. Sounds good. We're going to have the gun run on that too. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just see God who gets more views. If Nick and I had a feuding podcast with you, with you guys, it'd be incredible. <laughs> like those blowhards on Dota today. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, when you get that cherry and it gets the ball return, and then you but you really wanted to get the five extra Pikmin cherry. What do you think about that when you're playing on battlegrounds, or not whatever that thing is called? You know, you can always use a ball return now. Yeah, it's not you know just keep it in your back pocket. God, so when you're on Rusty Gulch, but you started with ten guys instead of the usual five. Oh, <laughs> you mean five instead this of the usual ten? This podcast is super over, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, what? 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 <laughs> I wonder if people have ever talked about Dota in my presence. It's the most <laughs> off-putting thing in the world to listen to. Maybe we should have a little... Okay, we're not going to. But we will stream a little more Pikmin 2 because it's good. And it will be called Pikmin Today. That will be the I name just basically of had all of my insides served to me yes, by you. Yes, there. That was... Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 Knob, knob. No, I don't give a shit about how frequently he gets his haircut. Knob. Knob, knob.
Nob, nob.